podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to the very first episode of The Preview, brought to you by the Celtic Exchange Podcast. This is Tino, and for selected games throughout this season, we'll cover the key talking points in the days approaching the match, including current forum, expected lineups, our opinions on who should start and who shouldn't, and the tactical approach, which, let's face it, for Ange will always be 4-3-3, but I think we're all okay with that. We'll also include some other insights throughout the discussion, and of course we'll provide our often wrong, but sometimes right, scoreline predictions. Today I'm joined by James and Parry to discuss this weekend's first Glasgow derby of the season as we take on Rangers at Ibrox in Sunday's lunchtime kickoff. James, I'll come to you first. Is it a game you're looking forward to? 100%. Yeah, it's been a long, long time coming since we had a team like this going into a fixture like this. We all know what we went through last season. Fans there or not, the football was appalling, the management's appalling. It's completely changed on his head and I can't wait for Sunday. Nice one. What about yourself, Paddy? Are you excited for Sunday or do you, like your good friend Miff, approach these ones with a bit of caution? Um, you, you always have to approach a game like this with caution. Um, but what I would say is is that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly positive regarding it. I think that um, based on our recent form, we've, we've, we've played to a very good level. And for me, I just think, you know, I, I, I can see is just showing up to Ibrox on Sunday and putting in a good shift. I think like what we've seen last night, you know, that's not a team that's all about attacking. That's a team that can take on the pressure and, you know, there will be pressure on Sunday, but I think they're well, well more than equipped for it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, actually, just to touch on Alkmaar very briefly. The team were asked to do something very different. We've not had to defend in any great measure, even against Michelin, who I think were a limited side, if truth be told. But last night was the first real test. And listen, we didn't fly through, you know, and perform amazingly, but we stood up to the task and done what was required. That's the big thing, and we did it all without Ange changing his tactics. So, you know, in the half time, we're kind of thinking, change it, be a bit more defensive. It's all these usual things we snap back to as football fans. And he just said, no, this is the way I play football. I'll ask questions of you, the other team, rather than expecting you to come at me all the, t- all the time. And obviously, it didn't really click until he made the change in 60 minutes. But yeah, you know, he's got his football philosophy, and you can't deny that it got the job done. Yeah, I'm half expecting Ange to go any man save one game, Paddy. How do you think that, that would feel? Backies only. Hi, <laughs> backies only. No, the way the way it's looking, um, you know, we, we've been speaking a, a, a good a good amount of times on the the podcast about you know we're, we're still there's still concerns about the back line. Um, obviously, you kind of look at some of the goals conceded last night. These are incidents that you know I just kind of call them Celtic in Europe things. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be a, a, a common theme. But for me, kind of thinking about, you know, it's, it's a different level we're playing against. This is, without a doubt, our hardest competition in this in this league. And for, for me, I just think, on the basis of what I've seen so far, we're going to transfer the performances we've seen under Ange and put up a good show on Sunday. Um, I, I kind of look back to, like I say, we were, we were kind of backs against the wall at some points, but then there was always the fear from Altmar that we could hit them on the break. And see if you're going to Ibrox and you're under pressure with the sound of this crowd that's apparently going to, you know, that, that'll be the 12th man, uh, even though Stephen doesn't believe in that. Um, I, I still think that that's going to be 
our, our way of playing football is going to bring us out for the back. We're going to be too quick for them, and I still think that that's going to be our way of getting getting the result. Yeah, what I also think's worth noting is that we forget just how early into Angie's reign this is, and he himself noted it last night in his post match. He was saying, "Listen, it's early days. Obviously, his first ambition, and he's not letting himself and the team off with it. Champions League was his goal, and now we've moved into you know the next goal, which is the Europa League." But it's very early days for these players operating under him. Some players are obviously brand new to Celtic and to the country and you know, Kyogo and Abada. These guys will just get better and better. And the more these guys work with fans, you know, whenever the group stages kick off, and I'll need to check the exact dates, we'll be that bit better prepared again. We're about to enter a, a two-week international break. And actually, that'll do Angie and his players the world of good. And hopefully, yeah. it's one we go into with a, a strong result from Sunday. So what we'll do, first of all, let's look at current form. So... Certainly up until last night, Celtic had won six in the bounce in all competitions, so that covered League, League Cup, Europa qualifiers, and until last night's 2-1 defeat, we were absolutely flying. James, do you think, um, you know, it's a funny one last night, isn't it, because it's a defeat, but it's kind of a win, isn't it? So how do you think the players will be feeling, you know, based on last night and in recent forum? Yeah, it's 180 minutes of football, and I think fans need to take, you know, take that message as well. So Celtic didn't, lose the tie last night or lose lose the yeah the tie they lost that game and they went through in the overall tie so we need to look at that on balance um, and I think as much as they, they lost the game last night the leg of that tie you could see at the end how absolutely overjoyed and delighted and galvanised they were and together how together they were so even in losing a game the fact that you've won the tie and gone into the group stages has left them on a really positive note yeah you never lose James you win or you learn Apparently. Um, but what you did have last night was I think it was you clocked it James and you tweeted earlier on Etim's made the very good point had the first leg been in Holland or the Netherlands and you lose 2-1 and then bring them back to Celtic Park and win 2-0 which in, a, in essence is kind of what's happened certainly over the two legs you'd be raving about how, how impressive it's been so yeah listen Thursday night was a tough tough night Paddy I'm sure you can agree but mm. the players should be confident coming through 180 minutes and ultimately being the team that goes through to the group stages. 100%. Um, you kind of go back to, you know, the Michelin games and the Hearts game. And one of the biggest concerns for me, and I say that uh, to the boys last season, if, if McGregor was going to be the one that was going to take over the captaincy, getting into uh, this season, we were losing a lot of um, big big names from the, the past couple of years, big voices in the dressing room. And it's how do you replace that? A lot of people will argue that in a modern game it's probably not as much a thing that's kind of sought after, but in a Scottish game I kind of think that you do need leaders, definitely need leaders on the park. And I'm kind of looking at, you know, like you guys are talking about, that character from every single player last night to kind of see the game through. And after it, just the jubilation from them all, you know, they, they knew we were the underdogs in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they knew that they'd, you know, came together and actually, actually got through the tie and I just think to myself, that character, that leadership that's kind of coming from the back now with Hart, um, I think there's a few more voices in the sense of McGregor and even Christie. Yeah. Christie um, seems to be piping up a, a lot more for me now as well, enjoying what Andrew's doing. And I just think, you know, that's that's going to spread confidence. Mm-hmm. It's going to spread confidence, so it's exciting. Yeah, and I think this team, you know, throughout this season, you know, they're a team in transition, no doubt, and they'll face various tests and challenges. Thursday night was another one and they've passed that test and that should give them nothing but confidence they can now regroup you know obviously not a, a long way to travel to get back to Glasgow after the game and they can relax and look forward to, to Sunday's game so I mean overall at this moment in time from the 10 competitive games Celtic have played so far this season James 6 wins 1 draw 3 losses 
goals for it. We don't. We barely need to cover it. We know that they're, they're banging in goals. Twenty-eight goals, which is mad. Actually, at this time of the season, <laughs> twenty-eight goals uh, for and eleven against. You know, what do you what do you think that says about the team at this moment in time? We are an attacking team. That is it. You know, and we're a team in transition, as we keep saying. So even the team that played last night isn't finished. That's not what Ange wants yeah. to put on the park. You know, both in terms of first eleven and squad. So there's there's work to be done there. But yeah, it's. Clearly, a, a very attacking formation. The stats bear that out. The goals bear that out, both for and against. So, I think that gives our opposition on Sunday something to think about. They won't have played a team like this. I can't think of. I'm trying to think of the teams they played in Europe in the last couple of years. I don't see anything like it. I don't see anything like it since Brendan Rodgers' time at Celtic. Yeah, I also think Ange Postecoglou teams are a unique beast. This mm. isn't something that several coaches throughout Europe adopt. This is an Ange thing. And I think it'll be very hard for Rangers and whether it's Gerard or Michael Beale who actually does the coaching there. Don't know what Gary McAllister does. It's not good press conferences. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure how they'll they'll set up for this, and I'm not sure how they'll cope. So I mean, Paddy, just in terms of the stats I mentioned, there 28 goals for, 11 against. So that's 11 against in 10 games. So it's mm. got to be a concern that we're conceding by my excellent maths 1.1 goals per game. True, but obviously the mixture of that game, uh, that game time that we've played in, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, you know, we've only played what three three league games, four. Great question. Great Pat, question. There you, we go. You think a podcast like us would know that? I know a first stumbling block. <laughs> um, no, but you think about it, like, th- th- there's a section of league games in that. The rest has been uh, European European games as well. Yeah, and, and obviously the cup game too. My thinking in that is that we've given away some cheap goals, absolutely. So yeah. What needs to happen? But over the, the course of the season, um, you know, one and two, I'm not that concerned, especially with the, we're, we're just under three games ago. Um, sorry, three goals a game. Yes. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it. Um, and he's openly said quite a few times, and I've actually read a few journalists from uh, from Australia that have actually said, you know, you will score, but you will concede under this kind of this kind of setup. It kind of reminds me um, the way actually Rogers had Liverpool playing at, some, at one point. Uh, they were scoring a lot but also conceding but the thing for me is that we know that we're, we're going to be safe and sound with the majority of teams in the league if we're going to be playing this high tempo and continue to do that this is different on Sunday we know that they're going to be a lot more compact and it's just how we break them down I think they're ready for the threat and I don't think for me even though they're the home team I don't see them coming and putting pressure on us I think it's going to be the other way about Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting. Even the opening five, ten minutes, yeah. will let us see exactly what's going to happen. So in terms of Rangers then, you know, it would have meant to be seen, A, who's available for them, and, and B, how they set up. But in terms of their form, so they've played a couple of games less, they had one less qualifier, given that they went straight in to mm. get hammered by Malmo, which was sweet as a nut. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had four wins, one draw, three losses, 15 goals for, seven against. It's not... You know, altogether different from us in terms of where they're at. Mm. But the you know the general feeling, you know, anecdotally, they're not in the same places as are they? No, there, there's a cloud over there, and it, you can see the atmosphere's not the same in both camps. You know, and that I suppose can only be the way our camp coming from such a, a dark place, if not being too dramatic, to where we are now. That can only be a very happy, positive environment to be in. They've gone from winning the first trophy to where they are now which is stumbling and stuttering and you know maybe a sense of expectation that you know as I keep saying I think there's a real myth about the gap between Rangers and, and Celtic 
and you know we're going to see on Sunday if, if that's true or not. But yeah, e- even with their kind of same similar kind of stats, albeit on less goals scored, less goals against, there's something that just doesn't quite ring true with what's going on over there. Yeah, Paddy, what do you think about how Rangers are shaping up? I'm not sure what you've seen of them in the the European games or otherwise. But how do you think they're feeling? They've obviously huffed and puffed mm. uh, away at Alishkert in uh, Armenia. Um, Nothing each with a team like that. Reg- Do you know what? Regardless of their COVID situation, you know, which is all very smoke and mirrors just mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. they put our first team, which should be well capable, and just something doesn't seem quite right there. Yeah, the, um, the, the, I think uh, Gerard had said something along the lines of, you know, they need to show this energy again, uh, which they showed last season, and I think it's been a wee bit lacklustre for them. It's been um, not the start that they were all hoping for. And I know that there's doubt, there's definite doubt with uh, the performances. Um, you look at last night, um, when Alice kept went down to 10 men, I was I was listening, uh, listening to some of the game on the radio, I had a wee think and I was, obviously it was just before half time, and the commentator was just like, Rangers should be pushing to try and just put this tie to bed before half time, go in, you know, look at what players they can, they can keep fresh for Sunday. The fact that they didn't actually goes in our favour. They had 90 minutes, albeit up against 10 men. They had 90 minutes in uh, unbearable heat. And it's 28 degrees. Uh, it's not unbearable. Well, unbearable. Uh, no, in, unbearable in, for me, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> in, 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 in comparison to what they're used to, I'm going by. But, um, generous. Uh, generous, aye. Uh, 36 during the day, probably uh, hotter at uh, pit side. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but no, I, I think when you, you, you think about them having to basically go that full 90 minutes and you know, they're looking over their shoulder for the rest of that game. The, the tie's not dead at one nothing. Absolutely yeah. no chance. No matter who they're up against, the opposition, that's they've, they've struggled through. They have struggled through and we can't forget that. Yeah, they've not had the luxury. I think, you know, in an ideal world, when they've seen that fixture come out, they thought, right, 4-5-0 at Ibrox, send the kids to Armina if you want, mm-hmm. you know, rest however you want, mm-hmm. rest the big hitters, and obviously their situation's changed. And to your point, Paddy, most of the guys that finished that game uh, on Thursday night last night will also feature against us on Sunday. That's just tough as a as a basic, as a human being, having to travel back 5,000 miles halfway across the world or whatever, uh, get yourself regrouped, get your rest and recuperation, mm-hmm. deal with any niggles. And that in itself, listen, let's face it, that's a big advantage for Celtic. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We've got to we've got to kind of utilise that as well. There's no doubt, obviously, I know we had the, the short journey to the, ne- the Netherlands there, but there's no doubt that that 90 minutes for us last night was taxing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's these small differences, you know, getting back that night, getting uh, um, just getting that extra day rest, or you know, even that late training session potentially today, and just being ready for Sunday, you've got to think that that just like bodes well for what's yeah. what's coming on Sunday. Yeah, competitive sport is all about small margins, and I think any small advantage you can get, yeah. you've got to take. So what we'll do now, we'll we'll look at some let's be honest, depressing stats about how recent Glasgow derbies have gone. So basically. Last season, you know, and it's it's not a season we want to hop back to, you know, too often if we can avoid it. But Celtic lost four and drew one of last season's games against Rangers. That includes a Scottish Cup tie with, out with the the four league games. We haven't actually beaten them since the League Cup final on eighth of December twenty nineteen. Obviously, Christopher Julian's goal. Um, Rangers have since won five and drawn one in the six games that followed that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, a global pandemic has been in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, the pandemic came at a time where Celtic were. You know, buzzing and they weren't but you know, that's football and the stats don't lie league wise we haven't beaten them since September 1st of September 2019 that was a game where Edward scored early and Johnny Hayes scored uh, towards the end of the game 
do you think, I mean, obviously this is a brand new Celtic and, you know, it's new for Ange, but do you think that's weighing on minds of guys like you know, Christie and McGregor and others? No, I don't think so. I think there's been an absolute, you know, clean slate. Mm. Wait, um, Ange talked about it in his press conference as much as the media kept going back to try and trip him up on this kind of stat. You know, what's he meant to do? Turn up two years ago and sort it out? <laughs> so, no, it, it was, he's focused on his game. He's not carrying any bogeymen into the game. He's not looking to, you know, fix previous issues for Celtic he's here to bring his game to the match and, and do what he does so no I, I don't think that's going to be a, a hangover of any sort yeah what do you think Paddy obviously Andrew's you know pretty impressive character everything he's done so far has been has been really good to see and, and good to hear he obviously speaks very mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. how do you think he'll be approaching that with his team you know obviously there are guys who suffered last season and yeah. part of Andrew's job is to motivate them and pick them up what do you think the message will be you know ahead of Sunday I just think more more of the same of what we've seen to be honest. I think there's um you know you, you make a very good point. The likes of like uh, Christie McGregor um, and even you know some of the other players have experienced a a, a difficult season last year. Um, James made a good point in the podcast. You know they they don't go without blame too for last season as well. Some of them. I was miff, not me. Oh sorry, miff. Apologies, I was another mythologue. Um but one of the things for me is that there's, there seems to be a bit of an ego back a bit of a swagger back with some of these players that you know if you're a player and you, you've you've won so much um, at this club already you know what winning is about then you are buzzing for Sunday yeah. to take back what's yours um, so no I don't have any worries I don't have any worries about that um, I think that it's good having some of these players pepper through for the experience as well and I think that the new boys you know the only thing that we, we all seem to be worried about is this atmosphere, but, I mean, they're footballers. Yeah. yeah just got on with the game. They should be well capable. Yeah. So, question for you, lads. Don't look at my screen, unless you already have. Um, the last manager before Ange to win on his Glasgow Derby debut at Ibrooks, who was it? Rogers. No, that debut. Any ideas, Paddy? Was it not Rogers? His, his, his Derby debut? Yeah. Was it home first one? It's Derby debut. Right, yeah. apologies. No, I give it. I'm going Ibrooks. Ibrooks debut. Give us his first name. Yeah. First, name first name is Tommy, second name Burns. So back in 1994, late great Tommy Burns went to Ibrooks and won in his first Derby as manager. Obviously, we'll be hoping Ange can do the same. Um, interestingly as well, just to bring it back to modern times, it'll be the first time it's been played in front of any sort of crowd and I think the stat is 610 days. So, Last time was 29th of December 2019. We lost 2-1 at Celtic Park that day. Um, but even that in itself will bring a different dynamic to the game. Maybe. Um, this is the new anti-racist Rangers we're talking about, so I wonder what kind of atmosphere they're going to bring to that. Um, <laughs> going big there, James, just going in for it. Eh? Just about halfway through, I thought I would just pop that one in. Um, now, of course, you, you, you always want to have your fans there. Um, you want to have some support. You want that atmosphere. You want that, you know... This game is huge across the world and it's diminished because of that. But I don't think it's going to affect the players in any way because, you know, if it's Rangers coming to Celtic, they're up against it noise-wise and likewise when we go there. So I don't think it really affects the players. I think it just diminishes the occasion. Yeah. Paddy, what do you think? Obviously there's guys like Kyogo and Abada who Mm. who will never have seen or experienced anything like the, dare I say, the hostility and the vitriol that might come from the stands on Sunday. How do you think guys like this will adjust it? And, you know, other guys who maybe likes of uh, Turnbull, Welsh, mm-hmm. you know, they've been at Celtic a time now, but they've not they've not experienced this before. You're absolutely right. And I kinda of go back to what I was saying on this though. Like I think that, you know, it takes those that are 
at the club but have experienced it experienced uh, the hostile environment and basically just explain to them it, it comes down to what you do on the park in these mm. games now there's no doubt the 11 that are play, playing for, for them on Sunday will have a lift with, uh, with the, the, the stadium being full but I tell you something if we if we grab the game very early and take it straight to them and get an early goal that flips immediately you know they've been booing their players off at half time already and we've got to remember that they're hurting at the moment um, because they're not as confident as they once were and I just think we've got to take full full leadership against that and, and get the result I, I think we scored early and it's a toxic arena Yeah it's interesting that Rangers fans waited 18 months to get back in the stadium and immediately started booing their team and I thought that was very telling yep. um, but it will be interesting if, you know, if we get an early goal dare I say as early as Kyogo got against Alkmaar mm. it could seriously change the tone there and it will be I mean this is all the football cliches coming out but first goal will be very very interesting in terms mm. of how this game plays out so what we'll do we'll take a quick look at the betting Paddy um, bookies are finding it very hard to separate the teams at the moment Rangers are generally available at 8-5 to five, and Celtic are actually the exact same price so what that means is for every £5 you bet on Celtic you get a further £8 back and for every £5 you bet on Rangers you'd lose £5 yep yeah. So that's uh, just to clear, clear that <laughs> up for anybody. Um, what do you think of that? Though? So obviously it's very close in terms of the pricing because the COVID situation. Yeah. So you'll have seen, or, or many will have seen, that the prices changed on Wednesday, I think, when Rangers announced their COVID situation. I think actually for a spell, betting was suspended across the board. Mm. So, you know, the bookies are rarely wrong, but they're clearly bringing this up because they think Celtic should be stronger on the day. Yeah, I actually think it's steadied a wee bit. Um, obviously, they, they were, they were favourites um, before all that nonsense has come out for them um, and I think now you've kind of got to look at the two games from last night so actually they fielded a stronger team than was probably expected by a lot of Celtic fans even though we kinda, we've kind of we got an idea of who, who's been self-isolating we don't know who's obviously uh, contracted the virus but we, we, we kind of had an idea of who they were missing last night but it's still a strong team that they, they posted and I, I wonder if it's on the basis that, you know, we we panicked a wee bit in the first 10, 15 minutes last night. Don't get me wrong, we reassured ourselves after it and it had a strong, strong game in my opinion. Um, and I wonder if now they're actually thinking this is more even than they had expected. But yeah, to have your odds drop like that from, from a Rangers side, again, that's another... Obviously, the, the, the coronavirus thing is, is going to affect the odds. But it's another testament to we are more of a threat this season as well. Um, yeah, I, I think the bookies have seen that game last night and seen the game Celtic played prior to that and thought, you know, this is all great. This is loads of great stats and goals. But you know, let's let's consider the caliber of the opposition. Mm. The caliber of the opposition last night was absolutely solid. Oh yeah. So the bookies have recognised that and said, this is a team that's coming of age. Yeah, yeah. I agree. As they say, James, you don't get many bookies at bus stops. You know, they always get it right and roll by. So I think uh, it's interesting the prices that we've seen there. Um, we'll take a quick uh, minute or so to look at the referee for, for the game. So Kevin Clancy will be the referee. I think this is his third Celtic Rangers game. <laughs> when this was announced last week, or this week, I made the call that not the best, but not the worst. Mm. Um, but he isn't the best at times. You know, I don't know if he's gonna. Yeah, at times he gives decisions against Celtic, which are really questionable. However, in his last uh, Glasgow derby, he gave out seven yellow cards, one red card. That was to Alfredo Morelos, and he's actually sent off Morelos twice in this fixture. Do you think the refs going to have any great bearing on this game? I would certainly hope not. You're just looking for ability, awareness, and strength of mind not to get swayed by a very partisan 
home crowd. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's shown he can make some big calls there by those kind of sendings off that others have declined to take. You know, all we want is that it was applied fairly and to, to stay out the way and let the game flow. Yeah. Um, I find Clancy, you know, as a referee himself, a little bit weak. You know, maybe maybe he's influenced, so not delighted, but at least he doesn't drink in a Rangers supporters club, so it's a start. <laughs> it's always a bonus. What about yourself, Paddy? You, you have any kind of qualms about the referee, or, or should we not really worry about that? First and foremost, with Kevin Clancy, and it's, it's a more of a, it's not a serious note here, but the guy looks like the most worried person. Always. I'm constantly I'm worried. worried. <laughs> have I left the iron on? <laughs> uh, have I? I'm something like that. Like, somebody just needs to calm him down a bit. <laughs> I think, um, I can say, I, I agree, I agree with, with James on that. I don't think he's uh, a strong ref. I don't think he's, um, you know, I think he can be someone possibly influenced a wee bit by, you know, whether it's a crowd noise or whether it's the players up in his face. Um, I don't think he can he can take control of a match. Um, I hope he's not listening to this, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think he's um, it's it's going to be a, a difficult game for him because it'll be fast. I think it'll be fast on Sunday. Uh, like you're talking about letting the game flow. Um, if he allows that to happen, brilliant. But I just think it'll be too fast, and I think it'll actually be some some heavy tackles. Yeah, it'll be physical. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. To your point, Paddy, it is interesting, you know, he's not a particularly strong ref, but a strong ref is required at a full Ibrox with only home fans, and, and you would like to think that, you know, as an experienced professional, he won't be swayed, so mm. as in, let's hope we're not talking anything about Kevin Clancy, the result will be what it will be, yeah. you know, and if it's fair, it's fair, let's hope we're not talking about referees post-match. Um, what we'll do now, so on a bit more fun stuff, we'll talk about, you know, a bit more about Celtic and how they, how they should approach it, or how we think they will approach it, so... There's various uh, decisions for Ange to make all of a sudden. I think the team against Alkmaar on Thursday kind of picked itself. In hindsight, I think Rodgers maybe wasn't the right call, but generally speaking, I think most of us were quite pleased when we seen the lineup uh, announced. Mm-hmm. Now he's got some decisions to make. Mm-hmm. So the first one, and I know he's come out in his presser and said that Greg Taylor's okay. I would question that. He, he looked in serious pain, whether it was a, you know, a full dislocation or something. Yeah. And I think Greg Taylor's got to be a doubt. So... On that basis, if he has a doubt, does young Montgomery step in, who I think, you know, at times done very well last night? Or does brand new signing Liam Scales step in? Going with the momentum of kind of who's been playing, who's not been playing, um, I'd say Montgomery's a bit more, uh, like he understands Postacoglu's system a bit more. uh, And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough game for him to go into, but, you know, he handled himself very well last night, and I think that was harder, in my opinion. So, I'd say Montgomery for me, uh, maybe just too early for skills. Yeah. What do you think, James? Do you think that'll be the move? Well, first and foremost, I'm very excited with the, the sign of Liam Scales. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, football to see from him and the versatility that the squad's maybe missing, that left centre-half, left-back, left-wing-back. He's, he's, he's got, you know, something for a lot of our problem positions. But for me, this is Montgomery's uh, position. I, I agree, you know, as much as I'm just saying, you know, Greg Taylor looks like he's he's ready to go. You can't risk that being 10 minutes into the game and he, you know, gets a, a foul or whatever it may be and he's off. That, yeah. that was a big, you know, we've not even spoken about that last night. You're losing one of your first picks, five minutes, 10 minutes or 20 minutes in the game, but he's injured after five minutes. Aye. So we don't want that to happen again. For me, Slot Montgomery in, I thought he covered himself, you know, very well last night. He can be very pleased with his performance. And a good performance on Sunday would do him the world of good. He understands the fixture, he understands the system. What I would say on that as well, actually, like I've been uh, very critical of Greg Taylor this season. 
I thought fair play to him last night. He tried and tried and tried everything to stay on that park. And, I, I, you know, there can be a bit of um, stupidity and stuff like that, decisions like that. But I thought he tried everything because he, he knows that he's the most seasoned left back at the club. I thought that deciding to try and push ahead and go for it, fair play to him. But I'm glad he came off. There was actually one point, I think it was the second time he went down and the doc was saying, oh, your game's over. And you heard him, there must have been a, a mic at Pitside. Mm. He said, not yet. Nah. And I thought that was a great attitude. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think credit to him. I mentioned this when you ride on the final whistle show, James. After the game, I think he showed a bit of character and a bit of bravery. He wanted to play his part for the team, and I think all the guys are in that mindset just now. Yeah. They want to do their bit. I mean, Kyogo's hobbled on as well. Mm. You know, he he's been struggling, but he didn't flag and he didn't you know want to come off. Um, and it's only the 86 minute he's gone so that as a general listen, common sense should always prevail of course, of course you don't want to injure yourself but generally speaking these guys want to play minutes under Angie and that's a good sign so I mean I think generally speaking you lads are, are in agreement that, that Montgomery should be the nod I think you're right as well Liam Skills may come on to do very good things don't know a huge deal about him he seems to come with some good recommendations from the League of Ireland and we'll see how that plays out um, ball and goal is nowhere near it I've actually not even got him in, in my notes I'm yeah. not even sure why I'm wasting my time mentioning it he yeah, is, is Oscar. so it's Adam and Gunnar yeah. so he was on the, on the bench last night I see Montgomery's ahead of him Montgomery's ahead of him so yeah. 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 Ahead of him. So uh, it would seem likely that Montgomery's uh, you know in the firing line for, or, or in the line to get the nod for, for Sunday so here's hoping if he does that he, you know, he does well and does himself proud mm-hmm. Um, couple of other key decisions obviously you touched on it very briefly, James, earlier on. Edward came into the game against Altmar in the 60th minute and played a, a real key role. Uh, he didn't get his goals, uh, didn't even get close to goals, but what he done was he really absorbed some of the pressure for Celtic, ate up the clock, mm. you know, ran it into the channels, allowed his teammates and his midfielders to get up in support, uh, created a, a good couple of chances, linked up well with Montgomery, actually, with mm. Christie, very nearly with Abada for that chance. He showed, you know, some. He wasn't hundred percent, you know, prime Eddie, but he showed some of the qualities he has. Should he start Paddy on Sunday? And if so, who drops out? Um, I think he should start. Um, I obviously, you'll be aware I'm a big fan of him, um, but I think I would love to see. For me, I'd love to see Edward come in off the left mm. and uh, Furuhashi up front um, and Abada on the right. For me, I'd. I'd probably kind of look at who's who's going to be the bigger impact uh, if we need a player coming on. Um, so I thought Tumble and uh, Roger were a bit quiet last night. However, I kind of think of what what service were they getting? We were quite scrambling in the first half. I think to myself, Roger's been absolutely brilliant for us so far this season. I'd kind of like to see him come on in the second half though. And I'd like to see Christy in behind uh, Furuhashi. Um, and Edward down the left. Mm. I think that's interesting, and it, you know it's hard to completely disagree. But I do think that it's very, very attack minded going to Ibrox. Obviously, it's a four-three-three formation, which generally speaking is, is is pretty attacking. And to have two genuine forwards in Rogic and Kyogo. Kyogo tried to add to the defensive duties last night, but it's not his game. Mm, and nor no. do we want it to be his game. We know with absolute certainty it's also not Edward's game. So, do you think it's quite a gung ho approach to take to Ibrox? I wouldn't say gung-ho, I kind of look at Edwards, uh, actually come back to the game against St Mirren, at one one point he was back in the left-back position, played the ball out from the back, um, I, I think for me, you've got to kind of look at the game on Sunday, and I'm not going with this approach that we're going to sit in and, and soak them up, we're going to attack them, I think you need to go for it now, because if, they, if they're struggling for a full squad, 
now's the time to hit them. Now's the time to get this victory and gather the momentum. Yeah, and just to seem to have this attitude that they can't score if you're in their six-yard box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what he did last night. Was you know, Edward's substitution was that game-changer and it took the game, it pulled it away from your goal line to not quite on their goal line, but into their approaching their final third. So yeah. it was it was the one that settled the team and gave us a bit of breathing space. Yeah. So on that note, James, does Edward start for you? Hundred percent. Yep. In from the left. Same idea. Edward Kyogo eh, Abada. Eh, I would go Christine Turnbull McGregor in the middle. That, that's that's my front six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, I think that gives you an awful an awful lot of your know, attacking prowess without throwing the kitchen sink at it, and also bringing. Twinkle toes off the bench. I'm into that. Rogic coming off, you know. Big Tommy. Fresh. You'd yeah. have guys like Rogic on the bench, uh, James Forrest, James McCarthy, mm. dare I say, you know, Soroff, he's got a part to play a Yeti. There are some options in the bench then if you take that approach. So, yep. yeah, yeah, quite happy to do that. Okay. It's an interesting one. I mean, we all know that, you know, Edward famously likes a goal at Ibrox. I think, if I'm getting my dates right, 11th of March 2018, uh, famously came on. After Simunovic uh, gets sent off, Rogic, eh, Roger sorry, made the call to bring him on and he scored that brilliant goal coming in from the left. Any sort of repeat of that, Eddie, on Sunday would be oh. absolutely perfect. So yeah. let's see what he does there. Um, there's two other key questions for me. The first one is Tony Ralston, a very interesting one. So brilliant start here, but Tony Ralston has played every minute of every game for us so far this season. So I've mentioned Celtic have played 10 games competitively. I would need to double check. He's also played the vast majority of you know the friendlies as mm. well, and obviously a big part of that is because we don't have many options, or, or at least didn't have. Um, so that's impressive in its own right. But now we've got highly rated Croatian international Josip Juranovic waiting in the wings. He won't have trained much this week. I mean, obviously he might have stayed back and done stuff at Lennox Town, but he won't have trained much with the squad given that they travel to the Netherlands. What do you think, Paddy? Is it a, just a game too soon to bring him in, or would you roll the dice and go with? It? Um, yeah, I, I think it would be too early for him. Um, I think, you know, just we're coming into this international period, it's always a good time for players, possibly if they're not playing with their international countries, just to bed in a bit more with the team, understand what the manager's kind of looking for, the, the, the philosophy that I'm just setting out. And I think that you kind of look at um, Ralston. Ralston's, like you say, he's played every game. Um, he's bought into what I'm just doing. He's aware of how they're setting up and he's playing well. He's got good momentum behind him. I think for Sunday, he starts for me just because of, you know, he's had this run of games and there's there's great confidence from him just now. So, yeah, he starts. There is, and he'll be as fired up as anyone for this fixture. He knows what it's all about. He's had a tough time and mentally he's shown some real strength. And I think you're right, Paddy. A couple of days ago, I, w- I wasn't so sure. I was, you know, I was. My thinking was that Celtic suffered last year because Neil Lennon was very loyal to some players, mm-hmm. Scott Brown being one of them, and Shane Duffy at times. And there was a lot of sentimentality around Celtic Park last year, e- even for Lennon himself getting mm-hmm. his quadruple treble or his own treble. I don't think Ange is that kind of guy. I think he looks at each game and its individual merits. And if Juranovic is the right man for Sunday, he will play. And that was kind of my thinking. But I do, I completely agree with you. I think Tony Ralston knows the system, has spent, you know, eight weeks embedded in the system and it's just too soon for Juranovic. Even mm. a week down the line, I think it'd be a very different situation. Yeah, yeah. But for me at this moment in time, Tony Ralston has the right call and really it's over to Juranovic to get Tony Ralston out of the team and, right. and that's a challenge for him. Yeah, and I think we need to take a bit of a, a an Ange view of this rather than the traditional view we've got of he's the right back and he's the sub. Yeah. The Ange view is they're my two right backs and I'm going to need both of them for this whole season. They might change during a game, they might 
play and not play, but they'll both play for me throughout this season. The change in the management structure at Celtic with Ange coming in means we're not panicking in this position as we have been for a couple of years. You know, did Maurice Bowers debut against Rangers actually? Maurice, the you space know? cowboy. So you just, you just went, what, can you play right back? Get him in there. Get him in, and, and, you know, if you told me at the start of the season we were coming into this game with Tony Ralston as your only choice, I would have told you, you know, in June, absolutely, you're in about starts, no problem at all. It's just not like that anymore. Ralston's risen to the challenge. I think he's got his flaws. You know, I've, I've never been his biggest fan. I'm on record with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm so impressed with his performance. Not, And I'm not giving his spot on Sunday loyalty. I'm giving his spot because he's the best option. He knows the system. He knows how to play the game. Yeah, I think that's very fair. So I think we're all in agreement that we think Tony Ralston will and should get the nod on Sunday. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's the case for Ange. Very last question in terms of squad selection. I'll put it to you first, Paddy. No other words. Carol Starfelt. Yeah, um, I kind of brought this up. <laughs> yeah, it's a pause there. Um, I brought this up in the, the podcast on Sunday and it was kind of before that uh, bit of a horror show for him last night. My view on it and watching the, the, the rest of the first half, no one was comfortable. We we were really backs against the wall. Um, everyone was trying to get rid of the ball. As soon as they could, they, could, they wouldn't want to take the ball. And keep it on the deck. They were they were getting rid of it very quickly, and he was one of the the players very guilty of that, in my opinion. He came to us um, when he, when we done the the fan press with him, which was brilliant. He, he yeah. came across really really well. One of the things he spoke about is that the he, he believes he's got good pace. I'm still really struggling to see that so far. And I don't know if he's trying to get up to speed, but do you know what? You come to Celtic, you don't get a lot of time to get up to speed. One of the things I mentioned in the podcast last week was that does he need a wiser head next to him, a ball-playing defender in the likes of someone like Julian? I don't think he's a ball player at all. Uh, I think he's quite a last-ditch defender. And the last centre-half that done that for us at Celtic for me was Shane Duffy. <laughs> and we've seen how that ended up. Um, obviously, other reasons for Duffy as well. Mm-hmm. Starfelt is an option at centre-back for us. And that's why I think we should still be looking at something else. And whether Scales goes into that position too, and Welsh is holding his place down well as well, but I'm still, I'm not being harsh on Welsh here, but I'm still thinking that there's still a rawness there too, in my opinion. I yeah, I think you might be right. It's interesting that you've got Carol Starfelt at four million plus, mm. who we're talking about, and listen, you know, figures, you know, what you pay for a player in football doesn't necessarily correlate to how good they are or not, but you paid four million for him, paid 500 grand or so for Liam Scales and it's interesting that we're currently talking about the fact that Scales at 23 might step in yeah. for a 26-year-old Swedish international. Paddy, if you think Carol Starfelt looked uncomfortable last night, you should have seen me. <laughs> I was extremely uncomfortable at times right. and you know it's just it, it's been a, a challenge for him in the you know the, the six seven games he's played so far and you know this isn't there was, there's been a lot of negativity around him listen things around Celtic just now are generally positive and mm. so they should be. We don't We'd love to be talking about how well he's played, but mm-hmm. you know we can't deny what's in front of our eyes. I mean, James, what would you be doing? Is it the only option at this moment for Sunday, or would you consider anything else? Yeah, that, that that's the point I was going to make. I don't have a lot of time for discussion on this, really. You know, tell me what you're going to do instead. Yeah. So this is a preview show for Sunday's game. He's the best option for Sunday, and he plays. There's a wider question about how we make him a better player, mm-hmm. how we coach him into the system, how we coach him in Angie's game. And there's a lot of work to be done there and that might allow for some time out of the first team squad to do that. But for Sunday, 
he's a starter for me. Yeah. What I would say on it with Stanfield as well though, this is um this is an Einstein. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know Ange's kinda only said that you you you'll look at players that possibly just need a wee nod in the right direction. We'll look we'll look at Roger lately, you know, just that wee push. Remember what you're doing for a living. Remember you, you can still learn. He's, he is 26. You would expect him probably to have a bit more about him, but he's had quite a stagnant couple of seasons in, in Russia. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I wouldn't write him off just now. I think that's far too early. What I've seen from him has been quite worrying, but I just think with maybe a, an older head or a, a more experienced centre-half next to him, I think you might start to see the better side of it then. I have to say, I thought it showed character from him yesterday and Hart as well. I mentioned it in a tweet. Uh, I thought it showed character for the two of them. Just, they just got the, the head down and just got on with it yesterday mm-hmm. after those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, that's a very valid point. Hart, Joe Hart, Carol Starfelt have contributed to Celtic being under pressure last night, mm. but they have also contributed to us getting over the line and getting through it. And I think you've got to... You've got to look at the you know the mental fortitude of guys like that because you know, we've touched on it. Myself and James spoke about guys like Barkas make mistakes mm. and just crumble into That's a shell. A deal, yeah. mm-hmm. Hart has made a, a notable error, but he's he's wiped his face and he's got on with it and yeah. he's reset. And I think Starfelt's done the same. No one will have felt worse than him at half time, yeah. but somewhere in his his mental approach, he said, "I've got a job to do for the next forty five minutes," and he's done it. So that tells you in itself that he's got something to offer. Let's hope Sunday he can bring that to the table. So in terms of Rangers, we're not spending too much time on them in, in terms of you know their approach and how they line up. Given their COVID issues, obviously there, there will be some changes or there may be some changes. As I say, it's all about cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors, nothing to see here according to Gary McAllister. But how do you think they line up? And actually, will Ange care how they line up? Because he... You know, he approaches each game the same way. So far, we've seen that. He, he won't change for anybody. You know, he's not changing for Alkmaar and he certainly won't change for, for Ibrox on Sunday. So what do you think? Will he look too much into them or, or, or should we worry about how they line up? No, from his press conference today, you know, I thought he just came across as he always comes across. Very relaxed, very confident, very aware of the, the job he's got ahead of himself. But it was all about what are we going to do? You know, it's about that you can't score from... Uh, they can't score from their own six-yard box. And mm-hmm. that, that was kind of where he was going with it. Not quite to that line, but just... It's about our game, our players, our mentality, our preparation. He wasn't talking about their personnel because he was getting he was getting asked that COVID question, which you know may turn out to be absolutely nothing. You know, for various reasons, it may turn out to be nothing. But you know, the, the way I'm looking at Sunday is their full strength and their full strength last night as well. Anyway, mm-hmm. you're basically missing a goal in a right back or something. You know, so I think the big guys coming back in and Ange isn't paying that any heed. He's just saying this is our game. This is how we're setting up. And it's to what you're saying that it doesn't really matter who he's playing against. You know, if it's Altmar, PSG, Barcelona or St Mirren or Rangers, it's the way that he sets up to play the game. Yeah. On that note, Paddy, how much confidence do you think that gives the players given that they know that every game they come into it with the same approach? So it's well drilled. You know, obviously they've, they've had a number of weeks with Ange now at Lennox Town. They, they're certainly getting to know the system if they don't know it inside out at this moment in time. So they know, as James says, whether it's St Mirren or Barcelona or Rangers... Mm. It's the same approach. As a player, do you think that will give them confidence because they all know their, their roles and responsibilities? Absolutely, it will give them confidence. What you've also kind of got to look at with the front three as well, there has been that rotation. Uh, so the likes of Forrest coming in, whether it be on the left or the right. Uh, the likes of Kyogo playing through the centre and moving to the left. That creates different relationships. Even Christie coming in behind the middle, uh, or, or uh, Roger being there, 
that creates different relationships with the players and being able to say, well, I know that uh, Kyogo's going to run off his shoulder or I know that Forrest or Abad are going to move in at that point. See that, if you're trying to scout and watch that, you're really struggling. You're really yeah. struggling because you're starting to think, well, if they play that, we've got to tell the left-back to watch this. If we play that, we've got to tell two centre-halves to make sure that they're coming in to cover that. So, to be honest with you, I think that bit of movement that we've had from those uh, front three, uh, that bit of rotation, is working well in our favour. Everyone seems to know their job on their end, and I think that'll be difficult for them, because I think that um, Goldson and Hollander, if it's uh, likely to be him starting, they're, they're to be got at. Uh, they're very flat-footed, they're to be got at. Um, I think Furuhashi will actually give them a bit of a run-around if he plays through the centre. Same with Edward as well if he was in the centre, but I think Edward coming off the left up against possibly a young Patterson uh, or Tav if he makes it back. Um, who knows what's wrong with him. Uh, again, everyone's up in the air with all of that too. Um, I think that that's a threat for us. But our biggest job for me on Sunday is to nullify that mid-three. Because you look at, remember those games you're talking about, so the, the League Cup final, yeah. uh, the Julian game, um, and the game they beat is at Celtic Park. The thing that stood out for me was that those three players, whether it be Kamara, Davis um, and uh, Arfield or it be Aribo there as well, they know that system inside out. They've played that for now almost three and a half years, right? We overrun that on Sunday. I think we're quicker. I think there's just a bit more ability. Davis, take nothing away from the guy. I think he's a very, very good player. But we're quicker than that, we're, we're faster than that, and we if we got, get on top of that midfield, stop that three from playing, then that just opens up our front three for us on, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, and I also think there's a real danger for Rangers, and I think they've slipped into it already, um, is, is complacency. You know, they've read their, their own headlines and their own hype last year about how good they were, and listen, they were the best team in the country last year, and it pains me to say that, you know, we, we brought nothing to the party. Mm-hmm. This is a completely different Celtic all of a sudden, and as you say, you know, goals and then Hollander or, or whoever was playing centre half of them, um, they've had it. They've been on easy street last year. They've, yeah. they've had very little challenge and they, they had lots of clean sheets. But you know, who was threatening them? All of a sudden, now you've got guys like Kyogo and Abada and guys who have got genuine threat that will bring something to them. You can't tell me that Goldson is looking forward to Kyogo running at him. Mm. Absolutely not. We were rubbish last season. Um, none of us doubt that, that at all. We were really, really poor. But the games against them we missed a lot of easy chances and we yeah. can't forget that. Uh, guys like El Yunusi and different yeah. things, but there was huge chances and despite how poor we were last year, we still could have got something. Uh, listen, I've, I've rained off the stats that we lost four and drew one of those games last year, but those games were actually, or at least a couple of them were on a knife edge yeah. mm-hmm. and despite our poor form, our COVID issues, our management issues, mm-hmm. we still got pretty close. This is a completely different Celtic and I think it'll be a completely different story on Sunday. Yeah. So, Again, looking at the bigger picture, I touched on it briefly. This is a, a debut, or it will be a, a Glasgow Derby debut for a number of guys. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be his first Derby. He won't be phased by it. You know, he, no. he, he, I think it's Mark Benstead, you know, of Sky Sports keeps. I don't know if he's trying to trip him up or just being daft, but he keeps saying things like, you know, this will be another step in your coaching ladder, and he's like, I've been at a World Cup, mate. I can't do it. So I think it was Benstead today that asked him, you know, would this be kind of a disaster if you didn't win this event? It's August, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah, take it easy. So Ange, we've got no qualms about him and his 
his character. He won't be getting into Sunday too excited or too yeah. upset. He, he has it all there and then some in terms of the experience. So it won't face him by any stretch. He'll have faced you know, tougher challenges than this. However, you know, for some of his players, so for guys like Joe Hart, no problem. Big game player. James mm-hmm. McCarthy, if he features, fine. But you've got to remember that Leah Labada is 19 years of age. Mm-hmm. Kyogo's still a young man at 26. I'm not sure if Liam Scales will feature, so maybe leave him out. Starfelt, you know, young and out of form at 26. Yeah, yeah. The crowd could have an impact. I, I'm going to throw Adam Montgomery in the mix because he's a very young man who... It's probably think, look, looking likely, isn't it? Well, yeah. likely start left back. So all of a sudden you've got all these uh, debutants in this fixture. And in addition, as I mentioned, first time for Stephen Welsh in front of a hostile Ibrox. First time for Turnbull. I, I don't think it'll face Turnbull. In fact, I'm okay with two of those characters. I don't, if they play poorly... It won't be because of the crowd. I think they're strong enough characters. And also, just to you know, finalise this point, it's the first uh, Glasgow derby for Callum McGregor as permanent captain. Mm-hmm. So how do you think the guys will respond to this, the various guys? I, th- I think all the players, including Starfield there, won't be phased by this. You know, they're experienced guys. My biggest concern is actually over Abada, who's one of my favourite players. He's, you know, yeah. Besides Kyogo, he's my, he's my favourite signer, and I mean side by side. And he's been phenomenal. I see him getting a real response. You know, we get a response out of him when he gets a response out of the crowd. Uh, he's not going to get that on Sunday, obviously. So I wonder if he could be phased by the occasion. And that'll be, you know, if I'm thinking that, then Celtic's coaching staff will be thinking that and they'll be saying, young guy, big game, big atmosphere. So that that's, I think it's really important that he plays his game. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one out of all you've mentioned that I think could possibly be phased by. I'm not worried about Montgomery. He knows, he knows it inside out. Can I think yeah. even as a as a kid, yeah. he knows what's going on. So I really want to see that from Abada. I think um, with Abada as well, um, I, I agree with what you're saying. 19, you know, it's it, it's a hard fixture, especially watching it from like from outside, living in Israel, not see, not probably understanding the full depth of what it's about. Like you see, some of the young guys, Welsh, uh, Montgomery. I think that they'll be fully aware yeah. of what they're walking into. Um, the good thing for Abada is that if they go with um, Bassey, which is potential, potentially going to happen... Is a walking red card? I, I think so, and I think he can get the better of Bassey. Big Shirley? Big Shirley, Big Shirley. But also, if they go with Barisic, a player that they've been speaking about a wee bit lately is, is, is very out of form for them at the moment. Mm. Um, and for me, he's one of their best players. Uh, but there was chat last night when I was listening to the radio... Um, every ball he put into the box was the no one too mm-hmm. uh, so someone quick like a badder keeps Barisic back you know and I've always yeah. kind of said that have a have a winger who like last night see that just the way he hung on to that line there I thought he was a mile offside because I couldn't see the camera angle yeah. but there was no doubt there was no uh, appealing for any oh, uh, uh, well on it. Uh, yeah. um, but just that just to have that idea move back and yeah. then run it was brilliant and I think that that's going to be a real outlet for us on, on uh, Sunday too. Yeah. yeah, I think a key part of Andrew's role is to to calm the players down and say, listen, you know, I love my cliches, Paddy, but don't play the occasion, play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, forget who's there. Just trust yourself, believe the system, and know that you're a good player. And that when you do, so Abada, for example, when you do what you can do, mm-hmm. you can make an impact in this game. Kyogo seems very mature for yeah. 26. Yeah, he's yeah. very experienced. Not worried about him. I don't no. think he'll be phased at no. all. I think he'll thrive on it. I mm. think so as well. And listen, given the kind of week he's had, mm. Andrew's been big on saying the fact that you know 99% of Kyogo's experiences in Glasgow, on and off the park, have been wholly positive. Yeah. Last weekend has obviously been that 1%. But I think he's of a character and a mindset that he's he, he'll put that at the back of his mind. 
but he'll love nothing more to, than to turn up on Absolutely. Sunday and you know and put all doubts to bed by by stealing a goal or two. So that'll be very interesting. I mean, we've obviously seen characters like Bruni who have thrived on the you know the, the tense atmosphere at Ibrox. Callum McGregor was very much part of that. Tom Rogic has played his part. He scored mm-hmm. goals at Ibrox, of course, um, and Eddie as well. You know, the, the, these guys have been there, so I think there's good experience in the camp. Guys that have been there and done that that can pull the other guys through. My only one concern, and it'd be interesting to hear what you lads think, is that. So far this season, you know, Celtic have lost three games, I think, and those three games are Hearts mm-hmm. away, Mitchelland away, Alkmaar away. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope that's not a pattern, but it's clear that we've reserved our best stuff so far for Celtic Park. Do you think that's a thing, or it's obviously, you know, I think Hearts, if we played, well, we've proven that if we played Hearts tomorrow, you know, played them a few weeks ago, we would deal with them, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I think if we played Hearts at Tynecastle tomorrow, no problem at yeah. all. Mitchelland was a Test too far at the time. Alkmaar, you know, was a tough shift. What do you think? Do you think that's a pattern, or is this just Celtic finding our feet in our early stages? Yeah, I think I think we're finding our feet. I I, I really do. Um, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't read too much into it. I think the the Michelin games were games that we, we we've all said we should have won, and I don't think that we were ready, but we we still should have won. I'm not too worried about uh, that away form so far. Yeah, I I think it's one. You know, if there's like great Celtic statisticians out there but this is one where the stats will belie the actual reality the two games we lost away from home early in the season which London Hearts that's not the team we've got now mm. so those those stats actually should be wiped from the record if you're, if you're looking at it on balance we've actually lost one game away from home and it was against a quality side in Alkmaar yeah. so I don't think that's the issue yeah fair enough just thought I'd ask the question just yeah. Just, just, just do, do my job, lads. Can I? Absolutely. That's, 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 that's why they pay the big bucks. <laughs> um, just as we're starting to draw things to a, to a close for this uh, preview show, a couple of key questions, and I'd be really keen to hear your thoughts on it. So, first of all, um, and again, it's back on Ange. Can I two two part question? A, what will be the message in general from Ange to his players, and how do you think he'll approach those final few minutes before the players head out the tunnel to to take to the park? I don't see him changing much. I think it's just going to be you guys know what I'm getting you to buy into. Um, we've played, we've come up against our hardest game so far in the two games against Alkmaar, in my opinion. You keep that up, you keep that performance up, the way, the, the way they played at Celtic Park and the way they started last night. I don't see him changing much. I think it's going to be very calm, composed, take the game like you would every other and just go out and get the win. Yeah, I think he's been programming the players and you saw that last night when we were saying take a minute, stay down, you know, don't take that kick out too quick, all that stuff. Yeah. The players were like snapping, snapping back to it. They're programmed into their game and it's as much as getting the ball moving as the whole role in that game, in that system. So you'll just be saying, stick to what I've been teaching you, stay calm, do your job. I think it'll be very, very, um, very much along those lines. It'll be a calm approach. I think, you know, we've obviously had Neil Lennon as manager and even Martin O'Neill, and I know from stories that Martin O'Neill used to go around and like, slap guys and shout mm. in their faces yeah. and get them motivated Lenny was obviously you know kick the water bottles and you know throw the throw the kit about and all that stuff I don't think that's Angie's approach now listen I do not want to go on the wrong side of Ange I think, yeah. I think, that's, a, yeah. I think that's a dodgy place to be but I think as a coach I don't think he's a, a ranting raving type of coach I think he'll be very calm measured considered and I think what he'll say is you know the system yeah. you know the approach trust it go out there and do your job the only, the only ones in this team for me that will be kind of explaining the situation, what it's about, what we're up against and why everyone would love to get the victory. It's a derby game at the end of the day. The only ones for me that will probably be doing that are the likes of the players that are in the team still. So your McGregor is your captain probably. 
Christie, you know, just you know, they know how important it is for the fans. But then you look at someone like John Kennedy too. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. just explaining McManus. what it's about, McManus, absolutely. Whereas I think for me, Ange is actually just going to be the one It just says, like you say, you buy into my system, you will get the win. Yeah, I think so. And that should give great confidence. It gives me confidence yeah. in just kind of you know, chatting it through here as to, to how we'll shape up on Sunday. Um, last question of note for you, lads. What's that? I just saw your question. I told you not to look at my notes. <laughs> uh, last question. Yeah, I'll put it to you first then, James, seeing as you really uh, choked on your drink there. Would you accept a draw at this stage? And all things considered, I mean, that would be progress for you know Angie's team at this early stage. You know, you'd mentioned yourself didn't really expect Europa League group qualification. Uh, you know, a win at Ibrox is you know a, a tall order at the best of times. So, do you accept a draw on Sunday? You can ask me that question between now and the day I die, which was a very far, far time away. <laughs> and I'll give you the same answer. Absolutely not. This yeah. is a win. Yeah. What about you, Paddy? Would you accept a draw at this stage? Uh, no, I think you've kind of got to think about where we're at. Uh, we have everything behind us right now, and I think they're they're failing a wee bit. And I think that we just push and put pressure on from the get go. This lays down a huge marker on Sunday. Yeah, and just to answer it for myself, I mean, I just ask these stupid questions because because <laughs> I think they might provoke interest in answers. <laughs> I myself uh, won't and wouldn't accept a draw on Sunday coming as well. So, I mean, on that note, uh, James, as I say we're looking to wrap things up now. So, can I final points from yourself? I need your scoreline prediction and why and any final thoughts ahead of the game. So, a tiring game last night, no doubt, but a galvanising game um, versus a team who are coming back from travel, a team who are not clicking. I'm going to stick with my 4-0 from, from wow. Monday night. Nice. Nice. I'm going to stick with my 4-0. Paddy, what about you? Um, I think there will be goals. Um, I was quite comfortable in saying 2-0 on um, on Sunday. I actually think we might concede, but if we score early, I think we'll trounce them. I really do. Uh, so I'm going... I'm still stepping with 2-0. Uh, we might concede, but I'm thinking 2-0. A 2-0 trouncing them? 2-0 trouncing them. 2-0, but the biggest 2-0 you'll ever see. The biggest 2-0. Um, you can hammer someone at 2-0. I'm not quite so confident as you lads in terms of the clean sheet. I think we've still got a moment on us. I'm going to go 3-1. I think Celtic have got goals. I think I just think the environment and everything that around Sunday, Rangers at home with the fans behind them will need to come at us and that is playing into our hands, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, over the piece, I think Celtic are going to get goals and I think if they bring their, their A game and the game that they've shown in recent weeks, I think we'll absolutely score goals. But I do think we can concede. But listen, I'm not just giving them a goal. It's a Starfelt on goal. Aye. Got to keep it green. So oh. I think that's always going to go. But three one for me. But listen, really positive there. <laughs> Let's hope we're not, you know, going to, you know, regret these things. And obviously, it's on record now. But it's just the way things are. Just now, yeah. isn't it? There's just a real positive vibe. And listen, you know, we can all be accused of getting carried away at different times. But it, it just feels like the the momentum is with Celtic at this moment in time. And would you, we're in a good place ahead of Sunday. Yeah, I mean, how does the media try to spin that as a negative outcome last night? It was so bizarre. I mean, that was a phenomenal result for a Scottish team against a very, very good Dutch team. And there's a few Celtic fans I've seen getting kind of suckered into that or they were suckered into it themselves by the fact that we didn't win the game. Calm down. It's a team way ahead of where it should be. And I think that level will take us into Sunday and see as the win. Yeah. Barry, any final thoughts? The only way is up with this team. That's it. Yeah, nice to hear. So, all eyes now turn to Sunday, where we're hoping for the one at Ibrox that would truly mark the arrival of Ange and this new look Celtic. We'll be back as always with, with our final whistle show immediately after the game on Sunday, and if you're enjoying what we do, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, 
and to share the episode with anyone you think will enjoy it. If you've got any comments on tonight's show, you'll find us in all the usual places on social media. In the meantime, my thanks to James and Paddy for joining me tonight, and as always, a thanks to you for listening. We'll see you again soon. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Sports Social Podcast Network.